0: The parallel economy has empowered us to care for our health, well-being, as well as longevity. Likewise for us pet parents who now have a place to go when it comes to keeping the family, dogs, cats, even horses, in the best shape possible. As a dog dad, I'm thrilled to be working with Pet Club 24-7 P E T C L U B 247, Pet Club 247. And today we'll have a little change of uh, change of topic. And uh, I'm again here at the V Shred Studios in Las Vegas. Appreciate them ho- ho- uh, housing us <laughs> and hosting us. Uh, Nicole and Jemmy is with me today. She is. Uh, a medical tech pathology tech her podcast with her daughter maria is mother knows death comes out twice a week it uh, of course features nicole and her daughter and nicole is someone who i've been a fan of for many years you can follow her on instagram at mrs underscore and jemmy it's one of the most popular instagram sites out there routinely cancelled by instagram though they've been not doing that so much lately Uh, And then she restarts them. And of course, they become uh, incredibly popular. She's committed to medical education. Uh, I share lots of her, um, there's her new book, which is Nicole and Gemini's Anatomy book. Very interesting book. And uh, we'll talk to Nicole. We'll do a little mystery diagnoses and we'll do a little What Is It Wednesday. We'll tell you all about their podcast right after this. I think everyone knows the next medical crisis could be just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of another pandemic or something much more routine like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company, we have their physicians on like Dr. McCullough frequently. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals you can trust. And their new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy.
1: It's really, it's a safety net. It's an insurance policy yeah, absolutely. that you hope you're not going to need. But if you need it, you sure as heck are going to wish you had it if you need it.
0: Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin, z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all these life-saving medications. From anthrax to tick bites. To COVID-19, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured, knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to help you and your family stay safe from whatever life throws at you next. Go to drdrew.com slash TWC. That is D-R-D-R-E-W dot com forward slash TWC to get 10% off today. Just click on that link. And a reminder of our upcoming schedule, we've got Ed Dowd coming in here tomorrow with uh, Kelly Victory, who will be back in our home studio at that point. Salty Cracker in on Tuesday, Senator Rand Paul on Wednesday, and Mary Bowden, Mary Tally Bowden. Uh, possibly Rob Schneider on Thursday. It's not up there on the board yet. Uh, and then, yeah, Roseanne just booked for uh, January 10th. So she'll be interesting stuff coming up. Uh, today is no exception. As I said, Nicole and Jemmy's new anatomy book. Uh, I do suggest you get that if you possibly can. It's a lot of fun. And you can follow Nicole. Let's throw that up there, Caleb, if you don't mind her book again. Her Instagram handles are at Mrs. and Jemmy, A N G E M I. You can also follow the new podcast at Mother Knows Death. Uh, there you go. And uh, Maria, her daughter, who's pictured there, at Maria Q. Kane. Uh, you can listen, of course, Spotify, or watch it on Nicole's YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Mrs Jemmy. M-R-S-A-N-G-E-M-I. And I was sort of laughing to myself. Uh, I'll bring Nicole up here. Uh, Caleb describes Nicole as wife, mother, and professional human dissector. Uh, Nicole, welcome back. Good to see you.
1: Hi, Dr. Drew. Thanks Hello. for having me
0: so I'm Maria. I'm, I'm so glad you guys are doing this together. I, I, when I first saw it, I was like, wait, because you guys, you're very good, of course, about pushing it on social media. And that's where I first saw evidence of the pod underway. And uh, I was like, wait a minute, is, that, is, is Maria doing that with her? <laughs> Lo and behold, there you are. How'd you guys to decide to do this?
1: Well, we always sit around and have these conversations about things that are going on the news that pertain to pathology. And then we just thought, hey, people might find this entertaining. Maybe we should do this because there's just so many topics we want to talk about all the time because things happen every day.
0: And and Maria, I, I know your mom's passionate about this. I didn't know you were into it.
2: So, the irony behind it all is medical things really skeeve me out, but I'm really into it. That's what I in- <laughs> thought. That's what I I was going to
0: say, she's
2: not into it. No, I'm not into <laughs> it, but true crime really fascinates me, pop, the pop culture uh, element. So, that's where I kind of come uh, in. Okay.
0: <laughs> all right. It's uh, all the, uh, what's the HLN show that replaced me? The, uh, the forensic files. It's all the forensic files you're into. Yes? <laughs>
1: Mm-mm. Yeah, exactly. She's like a dateline girl and she's all she's all on top of all the latest news stories with the celebrities and everything. So I think it's a good mix of what I'm into and what she's into.
0: And, and Nicole, I know uh, people can go back and watch our earlier interviews together, but give them a quick sketch on how you got into pathology and where your your dedication and passion around medical education comes, or it's where it came from.
1: Okay, well, first I'll start with my life because that's that's the big reason that Maria is important here right now is that I got pregnant when I was a teenager. I was 14 when I got pregnant and I was 15 when I had her and <laughs> yeah, there's a picture of us <laughs> in the nineties with my Brown lip liner. Anyway, um, <laughs> I, <laughs> so this was back in the day when I was, I couldn't have health insurance because I was on my parents insurance and I was getting ready to get kicked off. And my mom and dad were like, you need to go get a job and do something with your life because you have this baby and everything. So I thought, okay, I'm going to go to college and I'll be a nurse because I thought I could go to school for two years and get a job as a nurse and and get insurance. And when I started college, I fell in love with the microscope on the first day. And then I was like, I really don't want to be a nurse. I I don't have that instinct at all to want to take care of people like that. <laughs> um, But I was really interested in science. So then I got a job as a cytotechnologist, which was in the pathology laboratory looking at cells under the microscope for pap smears and things like that. And one day I was working and I was sitting at my cubicle and there was this big commotion in the hallway and everybody was saying that it smelled really bad. And I went out into the hallway to see what was going on. And then I ended up walking over to the pathology department, which was like right next to where my cubicle was and they said, they said, oh, the leg refrigerator is leaking. That's what the smell is. It's it's decomposing legs. And I just was like, <laughs> what? Like I was like so mind blown. Like wait a second, there's a, a refrigerator that has legs over here. Like what is going on over here? And then but I found this a whole world with. of pathology. Yeah, it, and it was like like a one you would see in a pizza shop that has like the soda and stuff <laughs> in it. And it, it just had amputated legs stacked up in it, which were, they they're, they have gangrene. So that's why there would be legs in a refrigerator at a hospital. But um, yeah, I was kind of mind blown. I didn't know anything about what was going on, like right on the other wall. Um, so, and then I found this whole other world of just organs on cutting boards. And that was the gross room. And I instantly fell in love and I ended up going back to college to become a PA. And that's how I got into this.
0: And, and your, but your dedication, what i one of the things I've admired is your dedication to medical education. You have this same instinct that I have, which is people should know this stuff. Why is this shrouded in secrecy? Why was the, why was the leg refrigerator hidden behind this, in this room that I didn't know about, even though it was my neighbor? Why? Do you, and, and then you sort of just started educating people, right?
1: Yeah, well, we w- when I was working in the hospital and I was doing autopsies, we would have this thing called the gross conference every week, which is we would present organs from surgical pathology and autopsy and have the doctors that were actually taking care of those patients come downstairs and like look at them to see how this patient died. And it was really an awesome thing. Um, but all we had were medical students, residents, some nurses. And I want. I was like, no, like more people need to know about this. So I started yeah. going home at night and writing about it on a, like a blog and nobody saw it, of course, cause that was, <laughs> nobody looks at blogs like that. And then my husband was like, why don't you start doing it on Instagram? And at the time, Maria, who's my daughter that I had when I was a teenager, um, she was 18 and it was awesome having like a millennial in the house to show me what Instagram was. Cause I didn't even know how to mm. use it. And it kind of, fall into place
0: like that. It, it. I mean, she, you very quickly had a couple million followers. How many times have you been canceled on Instagram?
1: Oh, at least three or four times. My account's been completely deleted and now they don't delete it. They just like completely shadow ban me. So <laughs> it's still there hanging around. But I was even telling Caleb that, but that when I was trying to post, I was coming on here. I had to post it four different times and try to write different things because they block my stuff so much.
0: Wow. And and Maria, what's uh, preoccupying you these days? What kinds of stories do you find interesting?
2: I really love the case of Amy Carlson. We just saw what the love has One documentary. We wrote about it recently. And shockingly, I had no idea that the documentary was coming out. So when I watched it, I was even more mind blown by that. So I'm really interested in the cults right now. I definitely have to get into the twin flames documentary as well.
0: Well, t- I I don't know these things. What would it t- give us a little sketch.
2: So the case of Amy Carlson, she was this woman that started this cult. They kind of believed in all these new age beliefs and she had been what was it called the silver colloidal pill she was taking. Oh regularly. yeah, she, oh, she, oh, she colloidal boy. silver. Yeah. Was yeah. Yeah. Oh, that the one with the so Robin
3: was, Williams connection?
2: Yes, she was obsessed ah. with Robin Williams. <laughs> 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 but she started turning blue and she yeah. had died and then her body had mummified and the people in her cult were decorating her body and with christmas lights with christmas lights <laughs> and glitter and it was a very <laughs> interesting scene and,
0: and <laughs> yeah, what more- was the what was the the premise of the cult why were they all together as one
2: She believed that she was Mother God, so that's what Uh she went by, was Mother God, and then they were kind of her followers, and she claimed to have lived life as Cleopatra, Marilyn Monroe, and even Donald Trump's daughter, so she was a very interesting person. There were some QAnon theories they believed in as well. It was all over the place. I've never seen a (laughs) cult quite like it. It
0: it is interesting, you know, I had a patient once, I'm not going to use his real name, but he just he declared himself uh, God, and uh, he has a new religion. I'll just use Caleb's name for the sake of uh, description, <laughs> and, uh, and and we'll sure, just call it.
1: wasn't
0: it, Caleb uh, at all. It, 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 I'm sure it's not. Just, I, I had a friend some one time, and uh, and and he called it uh, Calebism. Calebism. He just declared the new religion, Calebism, and it was in his garage. And he got followers. That's a crazy thing that people will come along with this nonsense. That's Drew, a, I told the, you that th-
3: in private Drew. <laughs> the fact that the fact
1: that <laughs> people Drew, go isn't nutty. And it really crazy what we've seen over the past couple of years is it really crazy that people do that.
0: <laughs> well, uh, Nicole, that's where I wanted to go next actually, which is uh, you're, you you and I have like mind meld on a lot of topics. <laughs> And uh, one of them is medical education. We both have this instinct that it shouldn't be shrouded in any kind of secrecy, and people should should get used to you know what happens to our bodies and what you know we should just all have that. Oh, here he is. Oh, it was a, it was a male. It's no, a different, no, 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 th- different different case. Different
3: yeah. guy just showing what yeah. happens if you take too much colloidal silver for yeah. too long. And
0: and colloid just means suspended and fluid. It, it's it's a it's a certain uh size particles suspended in fluid and gold and silver make excellent colloids uh it's just a kind of fluid suspension nothing special about the word colloid but it's a way of taking silver and classically when you take it you get slate blue skin that's sort of the classic uh thing that they get and yeah, good times, everybody. Uh, and so, yes. Well, Nicole, you should they see were... her
1: dead, mummified body. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so I, I, I can't. It's, are you going to show it's, it to it's us? It's
1: extra creepy looking. <laughs> I, 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 oh, I don't I, have the picture of it right well, now. But What um, are you doing, Caleb? But, what is it?
3: You're already warning people they can't. Just,
0: you're not showing anything,
3: are you? Just in case. Well, we will soon. There's, there's some stuff okay. coming up soon. Okay. Just to warn okay. them and to keep YouTube <laughs> off our backs. But okay, yeah, she, she was
1: mummified when she was dead. But then she was taking this colloidal silver too, and she's just very weird looking as a, even as a dead mummified person.
0: Nice, lovely. Uh, but back to our our instincts about medical education. You know, you know, I I was you know I started doing radio back during HIV, and I was like, why aren't why aren't people talking to young people about this? And at the time, everything about sexuality and sexually transmitted diseases was shrouded in secrecy and Latin. Even a, even a vaginal yeast infection was called manilia, maniliasis. You know, these, these <laughs> crazy weird terms, you know, and, and STIs were called venereal diseases. They were just all shrouded. We don't, you know, it's over here. And uh, all, in our opinion, and in, in your mom's in my opinion, Maria, this should all be just out in the open and discussed like mathematics or any other educational material. But I'll let, I'm, I hope I'm not speaking on your behalf, Nicole, if, that, if that's in fact the case.
1: No, it's, it's absolutely true. I I definitely feel that way too. And there was, there was this period of time when I started Instagram, maybe 10 years ago that I was like, okay, cool. We finally could start talking about this stuff. And it has been completely squished in the past couple of years. So we're back to, we're back to that again, in some kind of a way, it's just complete censorship. So now, so now on Instagram, I would say, I can't talk about anything that has to do with suicide. I can't talk about anything that has to do with homicide. And I can't, I I don't know. Apparently the other night I posted a picture of a, of a panther that, that bit someone. And I couldn't even, they warned me about even posting that. Um, I can't show breast pathology because I can't show nipples. I can't show vaginal or anal pathology. So like what's left? Uh, I guess I'll just like start taking off my shirt and show my boobs because apparently that's still (laughs) cool on Instagram (laughs) Like seriously for real like that's it. It's just like it's out of control
0: Oh my God. Well, uh, here, here's not only does Nicole not pull her punches. I, I like that when she gets angry, I, I feel it. I, <laughs> I I'm with you. <laughs> um, and by the way, I don't know if you're able to see what I see, but the lower third here, Caleb has been uh, putting up some of our, our, re, our, uh, restream activity and, uh, people are already out there joining Calebism. They're, they're already into it.
2: <laughs> so <laughs> see, it's very uh, easy yep. to get followers.
0: Indeed it is. He already
2: has hundreds of followers.
1: Like, look at that.
0: That's so funny. I I wish I could tell you the guy's (laughs) real name because it was even funnier, the guy's real name. It was just like, this was his new religion. But so, Nicole, this leads to my next topic, which is uh, what the F happened to our peers? What uh, are peers in the medical world during COVID? I, I mean, I would call you once in a while just because we had the same feelings about this. Let's talk about it a little bit publicly. What, what happened to our peers? Did they just become cowards? Were they frightened? Did they lose their judgment? Or was it the fact that people aren't properly trained in infectious diseases anymore? I, I, what happened?
1: Well, I think a lot of people in general, and this is not even just medicine, but people just don't, they don't think for themselves and they go along with the group, you know, just because mm-hmm. it's the path of least resistance. And I've never done that my whole life. I've always resisted almost everything. You could talk to my mom about that if you want, but, um, yeah, I can so talk I, to Maria I, about
0: it. I'm sure yeah, she's exactly. got notes.
1: <laughs> um, another thing is that, that I, I just, the, I, I, I kind of, <laughs> <laughs> I think that people, I I understand it to a certain extent, because people are scared. They don't want to lose their job. They don't want to lose their friends, their family. And they just they kind of just try to stay under the radar. I mean, honestly, I'm kind of guilty of doing that a little bit, too. I just like to stay low key with it, because I because I'm scared of what I've been seeing happens to people that that speak out about what they think about things. So yeah. And and like you you say all the time that most physicians especially work and and it's the same with nurses or any medical professionals yep. they yep. work for hospital systems and and you have yep. to you have to watch it and especially yep. on my level of like income of what we make at the hospital it's like you can't you you're living paycheck to paycheck you can't afford to lose your job because you're speaking out your mind like that, you know?
0: Do you get any trouble at the hospital for the Instagram or the podcast?
1: When I was working at the hospital full time, I would get taken I several times because that was in the heat of it when I was getting articles like by the Daily Mail written about me and all this crazy stuff. Mm. And they, but they knew what I was doing. They knew exactly what I was doing and they would just say, you know, don't talk about real cases that happen here, don't do this, don't they told me what to do and and they were fine. But I mean, the, you know, the crazies come out and the haters come out. So I would have people Like, I would post a picture from a vintage pathology book from, like, the 70s of a fetus, right? And then some woman would call the hospital and say, that was my daughter's miscarried baby, and she's inappropriate. It was just so ridiculous. And then I would just be like, yo, this is the book I got it from. Here's the picture right here, whatever. So, um, you know, everybody's always trying to get you in trouble because they're haters or whatever. But for the most part, I haven't had any trouble with it.
0: I I don't want to I I hate the idea that you have to be a chronic uh resisting or somebody who resists the trends to be somebody who merely speaks the truth and is free to give their opinion. You, you know that they kind of I I, I mean you, you, Maria let me go to you on this maybe which is you said you have lots of notes on your mom's <laughs> uh tendency to be uh, to fight the trends. Tell She's me She's a first rule of all, what
1: follower. You, Okay,
0: good, good, well, shocking uh, but but good. so so how do you interpret say here here's you, you, me and your mom, we feel like we have an obligation to speak out when we see things that are excessive or or that the truth is being obfuscated. like we have that obligation and other people don't seem to see see that. Is there something wrong with us?
2: No, I don't think so. I struggle with it being a rule follower because (laughs) I'm always one that's hesitant to express my opinion because I'm scared of the results of it, aka cancel Mm. culture, especially with my generation. So Mm. it is almost refreshing to see people be outspoken about their true beliefs. And a couple, one example that comes to mind, for example, is what happened with Danny Masterson and getting the letters of support. So his friends Mm. write letters of support and then they get such criticism for it, and then they go back on it. And I'm like, well, if you really stood behind him, you should stand by your belief in what you did, not go back on it because you're getting public scrutiny. So I yeah. think it's a bigger question of people actually standing for something instead of succumbing to public opinion.
1: That's my biggest thing. Like I am, I always tell her as her mom, do not apologize yeah. if you aren't sorry. Don't do it just because yeah. you're feeling pressure. And yeah, that that's like one case that we talk about all the time because I I'm like if you guys really felt like you were supporting your friend, then stand up and stop bowing down because they're trying to cancel yeah, you. Less
2: respect for Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher having gone back on their word when mm. you didn't have to speak about it at all. Nobody really wants to hear what you have to say <laughs> about certain subjects anyway. So I don't know. That's and, and I and I thing. and by the way.
0: I I think their original letter of support on his behalf was very sort of narrow and appropriate. It was like, hey, we've experienced this guy a certain way. We're his friend, and we're just here to tell you this is how we've experienced him. There's nothing wrong with that. That's their truth. Fine. Uh, How dare you becomes, uh, my God, how how dare you was things that like women with uh, cigarette holders used to say in the 40s, you know, and now it's everybody in their 20s, how dare you? It's just the weirdest time. And and then during COVID, the the panic that's in. So so I guess the next topic would be this white lung thing. So without me showing my hand, Nicole, how do you how did you respond when the press first started reporting the white lung in China?
1: It's it's the same with monkeypox and everything. Like it's just this is going to be what happens for for now on. And but I think. Every time it happens, more people are just like, yeah, no, that that's not happening again. I'm not falling for that again. I'm not good. I personally think that because I just feel good. like it's less and less and less. And hopefully in 25 years, we'll get <laughs> we'll get back to like where we were prior to this. I don't know. But um, I, I don't know. I just I just think it's like the next thing. And actually, like my kid just had that one. One of my kids was out of school for two weeks with walking pneumonia. Right. And guess Mm -hmm. what? Like I had it when I was a kid and she had it when she was a kid and like humans get sick and they're in a school with a bunch of kids that are coughing all over each other. And like, Mm -hmm. let's, let's move on and go to school the next day.
0: Humans get sick. This is the part that people seem in (laughs) massive denial about. I I, look, I, first thing I, when I saw this white lung thing, I'm like, and I was yelling about this yesterday. I'm going to yell it about it again today. White shadows on the lung x ray is how we diagnose any pneumonia at all times, whether it's a lobar pneumonia or a consolidation or a fluffy pattern. It's always a white shadow. And it can be diffuse, it can be alveolar filling, it can be a lot of different patterns, but it's a white shadow. Lung white on a chest x ray equals pneumonia. Sorry, guys. They're just describing pneumonia. Why the f- effing press thinks they've got onto something now? The oh, white lung, white lung. Just shut up. Shut up about it. Enough already. So I got myself in trouble bringing COVID, telling the press to shut up. By the way, no, uh, it's, um, it's true. Get...
1: And and another another really like messed up thought I had was like, oh, now
2: they're
1: gonna <laughs> they're gonna put because like I feel like the other one was like the old people, the old people, and like it's it's not really sticking anymore, you know. So now it's like, what yeah. if? If it's the children that are sick, now it's like the children are sick, you know,
2: and everyone wants
1: to protect kids. And like, listen, I'm a mom that has three kids, two of them that are little, you know, I don't I don't want my kids to die. I don't want anybody to die. But guess what? Like people die every day. I I've seen people die every day since way before COVID. And I think when you're when you're a doctor like yourself or like you work in pathology and you just see lots of bodies in the refrigerator every single day, you just this is this is no big deal to you because you just know that people is, die from all sorts of things all the time.
0: I, I don't know if you saw Deborah Burks recently, but she she was on Dr. Kelly Victory on a on a news broadcast on Saturday, and she was singing an entirely different tune. Now it was really interesting. First of all, she had a smile that she that was bizarre, and she would not leave her face. I, I found that bizarre. But secondly, she kept talking about, she kept saying, that. you were talking about this white lung thing. She goes, look, it's mostly mycoplasma. That's a common infection. It comes around. And by the way, I just finished my board review for pulmonary, and they make a huge point that community-acquired pneumonias should not be hospitalized. So they don't result in hospitalization in the adult population. I don't know for peas. I assume they don't. She didn't even have
1: Uh, a fever. She didn't have a fever for two uh, weeks.
0: Yes, exactly. So it's so it's RSV. It's influenza. It's mycoplasma, mostly mycoplasma. Responds completely to Zithromax. Except when it's resistance, in which case it responds to the quinolones, no problem, everybody. But Deborah Birx put, pointed this out. She said, "She said, you know, we have really good treatments for the causes of pneumonia right now, which are mycoplasma, RSV, influenza, and COVID." She said, "Really good treatments for oh. COVID." And I, and I, yeah, <laughs> you had the same reaction I had, which is, oh, finally, we're going to talk about treatment and get off the vaccine train for a second. And talk about the fact that we have Moldupiravir, we have Paxlovid, we have treatments, we have Budesonide, we have Fluvac, we have all kinds of things we can use. And now we're allowed to talk about it. Odd, is it not?
1: I I lost respect for her with the whole Thanksgiving thing and her telling people not to see their family. And then she was like somewhere with her family or whatever. I just was like, I, I lost all respect listening
0: Maria, do you have any feeling about all this? Because you you you're a young person watching all this. Your life was affected more even than ours, I I would imagine. What what do you how do you how do you respond? How do you think about all that that time?
2: I'm really lucky that I have a parent that's a medical professional because I could kind of consult and say what's what's the legitimate fear I need to have? What do I need to be doing? I definitely fell into the peer pressure at first, especially. And, then, and the fearmongering a little bit living in the mm. city and being scared of being so around people but now that I've had somebody to consult I kind of I watch every news outlet I think it's important to really watch how both sides are handling it and make an educated decision mm. yourself and do all the research yourself not just mm. kind of play into what everybody else your age is doing
0: did 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 this change your feeling about the government or public health or doctors generally? Did you have any, did it change? Yeah, you're saying yes.
2: I had a big wake-up call. I I watched the documentary about the Oxycontin crisis, and that was kind of my first really worrisome experience. So then when COVID kind of broke out, I was seeing a lot of the same patterns repeated, and I went into it a little more hesitant because I had watched that, and it really opened my eyes, so I was thankful I had seen that and had kind of the wherewithal to do the own my own research and make my own decision based off of what I was seeing and what I was reading.
0: Yeah, my my most sincere hope is that the the patients, meaning you, are feel empowered to take control of your healthcare. A, B, that you are very skeptical of government now. You should, and angry. You should be furious at public health. I and I hope your peers sort of go into their lives angry at what was done to them and very concerned about governments that are trying to help you. They they they, they don't help. They, these gigantic bureaucracies, centralized authority, it and particularly it's authorities that grab onto ideologies only harm people.
1: Definitely. It's so nuts. You know, back in like 2000 and uh i don't know what year it was 10 9 maybe i don't even remember when h1n1 was a thing i did the first autopsy of the person that died in pennsylvania with it 26 year old girl yep. that was the same age around it that i was when i did the autopsy no one even said anything to me about doing the autopsy on this person it wasn't even it wasn't even a, a deal
0: yeah and Nicole, how that, do that we was, go that from was that, was that what... to this I, this, this is what I, and people can't quite get their head around this. So, what Nicole's talking about is we had a pandemic 10 years before COVID. It was the H1N1 pandemic. I had H1N1. It was brutal and it killed young people, 300,000 young people. And you didn't even know, you meaning everybody out there, didn't even know it happened because the Obama administration, wisely did not make a big stink about it they just did what public health does then suddenly fast forward 10 years we have something that's worse it's worse let's be fair but all of a sudden we go from you don't know about it to your life has your life course has to be changed for the, forever it's like what how do we go from 0 to a 1000 with no nothing in between. That's what I kept yelling about at the time. And having had bad COVID, Alpha Delta COVID, and H one N one, I'm here to tell you, H one N one was worse. I was really toxic from that. Nicole, any comment? It's,
1: it's not. I yeah. I mean, I just I I feel the same. I feel the same as exact way. Yeah. It's it's just hard for me to. It's it's hard for me to say. Like I would. I'm telling you. Like I'm 26, the same age as this girl was. And I'm like cutting open her body. I don't remember what year it was. I feel like I, I was doing autopsies back then. Like, I think it was back in 2009 or something, eight, maybe. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I was around the same age as this girl. And I'm like looking at her lungs destroyed on autopsy, you know, and I'm just like, what? what? I, I don't know. I just the the mentality even I had back then is just so much different than than what I have now. Just what, what I, do you, I didn't even think
0: about it. What do you mean? Oh, you mean you didn't worry about it? The H1N1.
1: I just I didn't I didn't worry about it. I mean I've been I've right. I've I do HIV autopsies all the time, hepatitis right. C autopsies all the time. That's right. Uh, CJD, which I do worry about a little bit. <laughs> but,
0: I, yeah, yeah.
1: You know so, what I mean? But that one because yeah. that one's like you. I don't know that one's just like on another okay, level So I
0: so, think. so so hold on. So she's she's talking about prion diseases. Uh, we <laughs> used, we it's it's called Creutzfeldt-Jakob. We call it Jakob Creutzfeldt disease. And that one did freak me out. That one always freaked me out too. So you you and I our brains work exactly alike. Yeah. So you Jakob Creutzfeldt freaks we, me
1: out because it's cuz the prion diseases it's like they don't they don't know we, as much we about them. Yeah. That's right.
0: We don't know how it's transmitted really. Uh they used to get it in the in the South Pacific somewhere from eating brains. That's how they thought it was transmitted back in the day. They still don't know. They called it Kuru back then. And then uh then Guru. Mad Cow, yeah. right? And then didn't we call it Mad Cow for a minute also and when it broke out in England? And uh and it, we don't know how it's transmitted. And it's awful. It's a terrible illness. God, it's a bad one. Spongiform degeneration. And then you could get right?
1: trans- yeah. Transmiss, you could get the transmissible kind, or it could just like spontaneously happen. The we, whole think, thing- we
0: think, we think, we <laughs> yeah. think, we don't even know. I mean, it's a whole thing about pre- prions are these replicating proteins that they're non DNA that we don't think anyway. That there might be some component that has something like a, a nucleic acid, but, but it's essentially a, just a protein, and proteins can get around and they are scary. Maria's laughing at us. So, yeah. okay, here's what I want. Here's what I want to do uh, I want to take a little break. Uh, and I want to come back, and we're going to sort of recreate your guys' podcast a little bit. We're going to look at some uh, mystery diagnoses. And Maria's like, yeah. We're going to skeeve you out, Maria. We're going to look at some, <laughs> yeah, and warnings to everybody of viewer discretion. And we're going to do some. Uh, what is it? Wednesday? Is that the other? The other? Uh, yes. What yeah. is it? Wednesday? Yeah, we're going to do a bit of that. Game. All right, we'll come back with all that after this. If you're trying to figure out the right present for someone, you will not go wrong with gifting the most comfortable sheets, clothing, and accessories that your friends and family have ever felt. Of course, I'm talking about Cozy Earth. Cozy Earth has the softest and most comfortable sheets, blankets, towels, PJs, joggers, and more guaranteed. Susan and I love them. In fact, we still have Cozy Earth sheets on our bed. I slept in them last night. I was thinking of how great they were. And look at this. I'm wearing one of their super comfortable T-shirts right now. I, don't get, I just can't get enough of Cozy Earth. Their sheets are durable, machine washable, and come with a 10-year warranty against defects. So no surprise that Cozy Earth's brand has been featured on Oprah's Favorite Things for five years in a row. Whether it's their luxury pajamas, super soft bedding, loungewear, or plush bath towels, you will love shopping and gift-giving at Cozy Earth. Here's my gift to you this holiday season. Go to CozyEarth.com, enter code DREW, to save 40%. That's CozyEarth.com with code DREW. CozyEarth.com, code DREW, save 40%. Thanksgiving is almost here, which means it's time for the best Genusell sale of the year. Just in time for the holidays, save over 60% off both of our personally tailored Genusel skincare packages at genuselcom slash Drew so you can look your very best at all of your Thanksgiving gatherings. Look 10, 15, 20 years younger, guaranteed with the best natural skincare anywhere. Take advantage of GenuCell's best sale of the year and say goodbye to fine lines, crow's feet, puffiness, and dark spots. The GenuCell experience is like no other, but don't take my word for it. You will look and feel your absolute best or your money back, no questions asked. So for results in 12 hours or less, GenuCell's immediate effects is included for free. Plus, if you go to GenuCell.com Drew now, you'll get a free upgrade to priority shipping. That is GenuCell.com Drew dot com slash Drew. And again, we are in Las Vegas today at the, uh, whoops, V-Shred Studio. <laughs> so get those right. Let me see. There they are. I uh, appreciate those guys for hosting us. Uh, we've been uh, helping them out all day here. And we'll be we back a- in our home. What's that?
3: Oh, sorry. We have a clip if you want. I can play a clip from their podcast too, whenever you're ready. From Maria
0: and Nicole's podcast? All right. We will do that in just a second. Uh, and also, I am watching the uh, Twitter spaces, although I'm not a co-host there yet, Caleb, so make me a co-host there in case we want to get some questions in. And Susan is monitoring the restream and the rumble rants. There we go. Uh, and uh, let's see. Uh, I want to remind everybody that tomorrow we'll be back in our home studio Ed Dowd and Kelly Victory uh, joining us again. Uh, let's hear let's let's do a little outtake and see a little bit of the podcast
1: so I. I've seen so much of this stuff in pathology cuz like let me give you guys a brief introduction with this but whenever you go to the emergency room and anything is taken off your body whether it's a a tumor a miscarriage anything like that if they if they if it gets removed in the emergency room it goes to pathology for documentation this includes like if your kid swallows a quarter if you get a dildo stuck up your butt it all goes to pathology so i've seen my fair number my fair share of these things and so have my friends so we have a a lot of stories to tell but continue with male genitals (laughs) so male genitalia we
2: have sex toys which you would think would be the most obvious and beads and then we have paper clips coins a car key a pencil a nail a ceiling fan (laughs) chain a cell phone charger and then a wooden spoon (laughs)
0: now just just so i'm clear uh ladies is that found up the keister or the the rectum or is that something in the up the male urethra
2: that was just in the urethra correct because we had a whole other section of rectal foreign bodies
0: of course (laughs) maria did you ever imagine did you ever imagine this is what I, you'd I be doing remember. at your young adulthood. No, never <laughs> No. And did you know? Did you know? As long as we're going to lean into the discomfort here, did you know your mom was subjected to all this? That uh, all the things that people put into themselves.
2: Oh yeah, I mean, I I basically went to college with her, which I can't even believe they were letting a little kid sit in the back of biology college classes. But I learned a lot, and then and, I and I'm went guessing and
0: used- that. I'm guessing she has pretty pretty healthy interesting dinner table conversation.
2: Oh, it's totally
1: unhinged in this <laughs> household. <laughs> and she also she yeah, so when I was <laughs> when I was when I was in cytology school, she she was there the whole summer because I didn't have yeah. a babysitter and she was she yeah, was yeah. like a little kid. And then she worked in the mor- even in the morgue in the hospital. she would volunteer in mm-hmm. the summers when she was off. Nice. So she she's seen a lot of stuff. She would Take pictures of placentas
0: for me. Oh, yeah. Chainsaw chain? No, a, 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 uh, Susan asked, was it a chainsaw chain up the urethra? I think they said a fan, a fan fan. or something. Ceiling fan chain. So, like a, like a lamp cord, essentially. So, sort of a beaded one. (laughs) Makeshift anal beads. Yes. Thank you. It's just, but for those of you that are into sounding, uh, this is a, did Marie know what sounding is? No. Bro, oh, mom.
1: Yes, <laughs> do you care to? It's when it's when guys stick things up their urethra for sexual arousal. Oh, okay,
0: that's pretty much it. They they're I, sounding kids. They, they they tend to be. Hey Vince, you want to get on the camera here? Hold on a second, uh, Vince Sant here, just saying hi. Hello everybody. I don't know if they can Wait, see me. Hi. Yeah,
1: yeah, where, where is the camera?
0: camera? Oh, it's oh, super late. Right there it is. There it is. <laughs> Hello everybody. This is the, the face and brains on V Shred. Yeah. so that's Maria and uh Nicole and nice james you guys <laughs> right,
3: sorry Hi, nice for interrupting to meet
0: you. <laughs> so it's hard <laughs> not really to lag fence right um so yeah the sounding is there there are sounding kits out there in fact Caleb you might want to just fa- find a sounding no. kit and throw it up no it, they're not, <laughs> no. They're not they're, no they they just look like uh, they sort of look like a surgical tubing Papers. they're not yeah they're not uh, in any way sexual appearing
3: I'm I, not I still don't that. really all right, no. it's not bad. It's not bad.
1: Pulling yeah, in the bladder. I like to see what comes up on that. Yeah, Google I don't. Search. I don't want
3: that in my algorithm. <laughs> I might get start to right. served ads I, for that. No, <laughs> right, not well, on my. I, I want
0: that
1: in my algorithm.
3: <laughs>
0: I, know. I know the so cold goes for the macabre and the bizarre. Yes. So yeah, but it it is they push it in too far and it ends up up the urethra and the bladder that kind of thing. And did did you say there was a spoon up somebody's urethra? A
2: wooden spoon, yes. <laughs> What? In, ouch! <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> some splinters. I, I've only seen pencils I, in real life. I, I, pencils have been a big one that I've gotten in pathology.
0: That's urethra or rectal. Where are we going? Oh, with oh this?
1: urethra. No, rectal is is rectal, a whole other yeah. ball game of goodies I've yeah. seen.
0: Yeah. My very first so one
1: be- was a travel toothbrush holder.
0: Yeah, makes perfect sense. And this is something <laughs> that people don't understand, which is that if you spend few weeks in an ER, you will see it's sort of uncanny uh, what people put up there. And and what would they send you? Like a little uh, history of present illness with the object, so you get a little story to go with it, or they just identify no, it and no, that's it.
1: Usually, sometimes they'll they'll just put rectal, arm, body. That's it. And then I mm. make up my own story. <laughs> a lot of stories we hear is that they fell on it. Yeah, I mean, I have no idea what happened. Always. like, <laughs> I told you, I, I told you one time, I got the the most outrageous one was like a half eaten pear, and I was like, yep. all right, I need to look that because we could go in the medical record, and I was like, I need to look this up and see what happened. But and what did like, they
0: say? Sat sat on it.
1: The the, the No, no, it's It was like the wife put it up there, was eating it out of her husband good times, good yeah. times. I right. mean at least yeah, they were times. honest yeah uh,
0: yeah <laughs> right at least they didn't just say I sat on it which is which I mean, is come on I, yeah. That, yeah that's almost the only one I've ever seen I how did it happen I sat on it I fell on it the Maria best knows part that of one. this
1: story the best part of this story though is because I, I was like younger and I was still living at home at the time and I went home and told my dad and my dad's like real old school you know he was like if I had that pear in my butt, I'd die with that pear in my butt. <laughs> this, is so, this is so great. Uh,
0: this explains a lot. Uh, okay, let's let's start to play. Uh, <laughs> and by the way, you, you said things are unhinged in your household, Maria. Your, your current husband, Nicole, is Maria's stepdad, correct? Is that how that works?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, she was and, 13 and he, when I met Gabia.
0: And he's a fireman, right? He's a fire chief, actually. Uh, and he's, a, he's he must, a
1: captain. He's he's captain, not a chief yet, captain, but he's almost fire there. <laughs> captain,
0: fire captain. And he, he must have his own unhinged stories that he brings to the table, Maria. Oh yeah.
2: Right, absolutely. Oh yeah. Between both of them, my husband's a barber. He has crazy stories does as he, well. Does he like cut people's ears <laughs> off with the razor or something? It's what? E- from every angle, there's crazy dinner table conversation.
0: <laughs> see i i always wanted to i wanted a reality show camera running in your house i really did i think it'd be the best i'd be the best show on earth it'd be it'd be, it'd be the greatest thing anybody ever saw and they would learn something it would, it would, was get, thing it I, would get canceled it would, right away i don't know i because it would have such an undercurrent of education really i think about it, both from your husband and from you oh we got lots of up uh, here we go. A GTO Mama says I almost impaled myself with a toilet brush <laughs> while cleaning the toilet. I don't. I don't want to know the story. Here's another one. Elite uh, <laughs> Green. ER docs are used to dealing with this stuff. That is true. Uh, Christine, laugh out loud. Pear Dad. Old school. Love that. Love your, <laughs> your grandpa, Maria. <laughs> uh, yeah, your docs have the best story. Uh, Coin Dragon wants to know if it really was at the dinner table.
1: Oh yeah, we always talk about this at the dinner table. At the Anything, dinner, of course. Of everything
2: course. is always at the dinner table.
0: Okay, fair enough. Uh, Caleb is yeah, light bulbs, hoses, yep, Jennifer, I've seen that stuff too. Okay, let's go let's get bulb to the game. The
1: most outrageous one. Okay. I
0: agree because it's just it's I I just I some of that stuff I just see surgical emergency and near and di- dying soon because that is not an easy area to get at surgically. They have to go back through the abdomen, it's not like you can go up through the rectum if you really have a surgical problem there. That's why, okay, okay, you and I have never talked about this as long as we're going down this weird path. Uh, Maria, turn your headphones off. But but there's this. Uh, this, I'm not going to... There's just all this craziness out there. I see all this at your mom's house with all the rectal prolapsing. Every time I see those sorts of images, I just go, oh, my God, surgical emergency. That's going to cut the blood supply off, and that person is going to get a surgery, a big surgery, soon. Do you have that same reaction, uh, Nicole?
1: Yeah. I mean, I can't even believe some of these things that people go through. They have to get, like, bowel resections and stuff. Just, (laughs) It's kind of crazy. But, uh, yeah. I I mean to be fair people just this is kind of why I want to talk about this because people don't know that it yeah. could get that that's it can right. get stuck up there <laughs> but that's like right. when you have to poop and then you don't go it goes back up right so <laughs> yep. the same thing happens when you stick anything up there the feeling right
0: it, it's it it's not a skeletal musculature it, it goes down but it can also go the other direction a little bit and that's yeah it, exactly it'll take things up and uh, it's it's just so uh, people. You're, you're right. People. What was the other thing I was thinking? People were doing to themselves. And I thought, oh my god, if they only knew <clears throat> the the real p- potential. I, I can't think I of it think now. No, a... no. Nah, nah, it was, it was so, prolapsing is one of the things where I'm like, oh my god, this is just like it's really serious stuff. But there's a lot of things like that that people do. Mm-hmm. Sounding is another one I worry about, where they're like, hey, I'm. Mean, you're gonna. You're gonna. The. You only have so much. Uh, mileage on that upstream those upstream valves and and uh and musculature and it, you can really you know as you get as you get older things start to break down normally let alone if you've been pushing metal objects past it for 10 years it's all right anyway enough let's play the game uh how do we play the game here ladies all
1: right so the first <laughs> game that we're going to play is mystery diagnosis and that's going to be the first right. two pictures i show so I, um, one of these I showed on Instagram and another one on my website, the gross room, but let's look at the first one and see if you know what it is. So I show something and then everyone has to guess what it is. And then the following week I tell everyone what it is. And a lot of people are right, which is what I love.
0: Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at, is that a paper towel that this is on, whatever it is, right?
1: Yeah. It's a paper towel.
0: And, uh, And and it's three things and one is conjoined, right? And they're, is that what I'm looking at? Okay. Okay. Are you going to show me some? Oh, see if somebody on the restream gets it. We're going to give them a second while I kind of think it through. Yeah. People are thinking of it that this is sort of in the zone of, and I was thinking this too, sort of in the sputum zone. Are we correct that way?
1: No. (laughs) No. Is it, is it? Is it in
0: the nasal discharge zone? Blood
1: clots. People are saying no. blood clots. I don't I
0: don't see blood clot either. Is it blood clots? No. Huh. Can, give us <laughs> could you give hints as you uh, as you go through down the salivary abscess. So salivary abscess. So
1: mm. I could start telling you some history okay, and then nice. maybe you could figure it out. So this okay. guy this is a guy probably, I don't know exactly how old he is. I, th- I would say that he's in his thirties, late twenties or thirties. Okay. Um, and he had a tattoo done on his neck and okay. then this was it back in July. And then in September he presented with a large mass about like the size of a walnut above his Adam's apple, above his, the thyroid cartilage and also mm. some, um, lymphadenopathy in the neck on the one side. So okay. he went to so, the ENT.
0: So hold on. So hold on. So let's sort of break that down. So we have, we have a procedure that got infected, maybe, and the lymph nodes is a sign that the body's trying to fight off the infection and the inflammation. And you're saying it's right about here, right midline. Yeah.
1: But it was it was midline. a pretty large, yeah, right above the thyroid cartilage. It was a pretty large nodule with adjacent so, uh, lymphadenopathy.
0: Okay, but you're saying I uh, see. I think when I think about common midline stuff in that region, I think about things a little lower, like a thyroglossal duct cyst. Is this that? No. No. Is that a good guess, or am I in the wrong zone still um, entirely?
1: No. No. I mean, it's a. I think it, I would say that that was a good guess because okay. that that's something that you should have in the differential, but that's not what it is.
0: <laughs> okay. So then that cob and the bizarre. Which is something got into his area here as they were doing the tattoo. And if I and I'm and as I'm sort of thinking about it, I know Nicole, it would have to be like a parasite or something. <laughs> is that a worm? Or is that is that something that uh I think, sh- I shouldn't think you're be thinking there. too hard. <laughs> Okay, tell us I say us this what to my is. kids
1: all the time. You're thinking, you're thinking too much about it. All right, so he, so he goes to the ENT doctor, and they say, okay, we want to take it out because obviously, like, if you have lymphadenopathy in a guy, especially in a younger person, yeah. like you might be thinking like lymphoma or something. So, but, but, they, but, they but the lymphomas the lymph on
0: the, nodes. hang on, hang on, but, but the lymphomas laterally, right? It's on the lymphadenopathy laterally. You said this thing was midline, right?
1: Yeah. It was, it was huh. midline and he also had, he also had a uh, lymphadenopathy. So but okay, once, okay. once he went in for the surgery, cause you have to wait a, a while and stuff, it started going, it started shrinking down, but mm. they, it didn't shrink down all the way. And they were like, we still want to take it out and see what's going on. And they take it out and they send it to pathology. And this is what it looks like when they take it out. And Did they know
0: what it was when they took it out.
1: I would know what it was if I got it in pathology right away. Cause I've seen it multiple times. But huh. did the surgeons, I'm not sure. So okay. when they looked at it under the microscope, dot, 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 it was tattoo pigment. Uh,
0: oh, and that's it? Just tattoo pigment can do that?
1: Yep. Yeah. So, wow. so that when you get a tattoo, the macrophages come in and try to, there are cells in the immune system that come in to clean up. Like if you get a cut, they come clean up the dirt and bacteria and stuff. And they take on the tattoo pigment and what you're looking at is like a bunch of macrophages that have engulfed tattoo pigment in the lymph nodes. So we get, we see it from time to time. The first time I saw it was was years ago. We got lymph nodes from a woman that had breast cancer, and the pathologist was just like, "What the hell is that?" They thought it was she uh-huh. had a met, and then you look at it under the microscope, and it's just tattoo pigment. And it could also so mimic like melanoma in the lymph node. That's what it would look like too.
0: So Zoe why Maria doesn't have any tattoos.
1: Oh, she does. She just can't oh. Oh, okay. You just can't <laughs> see
0: <right>. them. <laughs> all right. I just, you just didn't get a neck tattoo like your mom. No. <laughs> what? what are you, why are you sighing, Nicole?
1: Because it's a, it, it, like I should have listened to my mom. That's why. <laughs> she was like, You're going to really get funny. old one day like me, and your neck's going to be down here. And it's gonna." And I was like, No, I'm not. I got this tight chin, mom. And now it's like, All right. And now it's starting to go down, you know? I should have listened but to my mom. But to be mom.
0: fair, to be fair to your instinct it it does reduce some of the sun collagen damage does it doesn't it absorb some of that
1: i don't know we could talk about you, my weird skin problems another episode
0: uh oh <laughs> you okay is it all tattoo yeah, related? I do.
1: yeah i do it's just it's just you know yeah
0: Goodness. sun me right. and the
1: sun don't get along you know that
0: well there's but there's you know there's laxity versus wrinkles right and laxity we all get gravity wins and that's the part your mom was really warning you about. Your tattoos aren't going to look so good when there's lots of laxity, which is the no, sort of drooping no. that we get. Yeah, <laughs> And then wrinkles yeah, are that's all this I, business. I tell
1: my husband all the time, like, I'm like, you're going to have to take a second mortgage on the house. I don't even care. I have to get this fixed when I get older.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, just, w- w- which, just so you and Susan can compare notes, I get the same, I get the same yes, talking to th- ones. Next, yeah. me
1: and Susan are going to go together. Neck,
0: ne- ne- hold on a second.
1: A staple, ne- just staple ne- it back. here Yeah, you do have to take a, a mortgage out on the house. <laughs> that one. <laughs>
0: All right, let's keep playing the game. What else you got for us?
1: All right, so we're good with that one. Case two is. Do you you have the picture of that right? So this they'll one, show it up.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and uh, let me uh, just warn: this one is a bit. This one's even worse. So here we go. <laughs> okay. Well, the other one didn't look bad. The other one was just
0: some ink. For God's sakes. Oh yeah. Okay. So this <laughs> is like, okay. A, that looks bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it it's a f- what what I again I'm not you I'm not as accustomed actually to describing gross specimens as you are by gross. I mean large specimens. So I'm going to call it a fungating mass. Would that be great? Is that, That's at its good. Sort of, yes. Yeah. You know, so it's a fungating mass, and and it's clearly in the forehead area, and it's fungating in such a way. Uh, I'm sure you got the path. I don't know how deep it goes, but it can't go that deep, or this person would have been dead a long time ago. So, so for me, it could be like basal cells can get pretty bad um, without uh, penetrating the skull and things. Uh, so can squames sometimes. Yeah, it's a forehead. I think I, I think I'm saying. yeah uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you okay, so you're Maria? saying
1: it's cancer. Uh, I'm, <laughs> uh,
0: I'm I'm saying it might be cancer. Could also be wart. I suppose. I mean, warts can be pretty elaborate sometimes, but I'm sort of going towards a a a cancer that has only local spread associated with it. Not, uh, you know, not going to metastasize or penetrate. Uh, so, but I'm sure it could be something uh, odd and bizarre too. So, keep, talk us through it. What do you got?
1: All right. So this case, this is <laughs> this case is kind of insane, actually. And it shows you some of the desperate measures that people were going through um, during the time of the lockdowns and everything. This guy is a sixty-five-year-old guy, and he was treated. He had squamous cell carcinoma back in nineteen ninety. So now, forward, fast forward thirty years, and in two thousand and twenty, so early on in the lockdowns, he presented. He had this mass that started growing on his forehead. And, yep. of course, he, he went to the doctor because he was freaking out because he obviously had already survived cancer and knew what it was. And he went, and they basically told him, like, we aren't doing elective surgeries right now. Oh, so unless you're God. dying, we're not, we're not doing this right that,
0: now. That should be, please send that to the bioethics department at whatever this, facility. This,
1: I've seen a bunch of cases like this. So the guy, the guy, <laughs> flips you know he he di- didn't do the right thing but could you could understand what he did and he went home and he tried to cut it off himself with a knife oh this is yeah. a cancer survivor like he knows that when he got the other one cut out it saved his life right so yeah. desperate times call for desperate measures right so he cut yeah. it out and it didn't really bleed that much and then he thought that you know he got it out and it looked fine so for so, a couple so of weeks. what i'm
0: saying so he he left the border he didn't get the border of the cancer. Right. Is that what I'm looking at? Yeah.
1: Like, I mean, yeah, yeah, he did. So, so what happened was a couple weeks later, it grew back (laughs) like this. Yeah. This is the, this is the part that, that really pisses me off the worst of this whole case. Yes. So now the guy has a hemoglobin of five because he has this tumor that is, is making him anemic. And now Mm. he's a candidate for surgery because he's anemic and needs a transfusion.
0: i i I, i'm so angry about stories like that i i I feel numb nicole uh maria
1: and and i just i posted this case on my website and so many people underneath were telling me like were saying similar stories that happened to them or their family members that just like people couldn't get any treatment unless they were dying really
0: (laughs) And you want to, you know, we've had this, we've had this increase in excess deaths that have gone unexplained. And I'm totally prepared to accept that it's stories like this that have resulted in the excess deaths. So you would expect it to start to come down. I think it is a little bit. So it's either vaccine or COVID or both or this or all of the above. And why aren't they explaining that? I cannot get that through my head. Why that isn't an emergency in some country somewhere and yet, they all seem to ignore it. Do you have a theory?
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I, I understand. Like during the time that people just didn't know what was going on, and there was, there was just lots of they couldn't put resources towards different things. But yeah, I think that. I think that a lot of it is like now it doesn't even seem like anybody's apologizing about it. Talking about no. it. it's just like no. let's just pretend that didn't happen and and move on and. It's just, it's just, this is just one of many cases of people doing something outrageous to help themselves, you know, it's, and, it's and, scary. And I would
0: also say, you know, those of you that want it just to go, just to go into the playbook, just forget about it. Who, who excused it as, well, we just didn't know. How did Nicole and I know? How did we know that there was something wrong here? Now we knew we would call each well, other and complain about it. I would yeah, go, we because there's only a few people I could talk to. Yeah. It's like, what the hell's going on here? How do yeah. we know? And no, that you didn't know? Oh, really? Or were you, or were you not thinking? You were irresponsible. You have bioethical failure, and you didn't think from a risk reward standpoint the way you should be trained to. Anyway, excuse me. That's my public service announcement. All <laughs> right. So, uh, is it what is it Wednesday now? Is that we're going to play next? Yeah, or so we still what have is more it mystery Wednesday, diagnosis.
1: It? No, it's kind of like mystery diagnosis, but a little bit different. So we play. What is it Wednesday <laughs> on my website? The Gross Room. And this one's fun because I show a couple different photos of different injuries, and the people have to guess like what caused the injury, and Hold then on. which one Th- is there's like a, a deep,
0: deep insight into your mom's brain. There, Maria. This one's fun because we can get to decide what the injury is, <laughs> or what the hor- what the horrible disfiguring event was for these unfortunate people. <laughs> so I feel your pain, Maria. Oh, yeah. We get it. There's was a nice little insight there. But go ahead.
1: <laughs> I know pe- people people yell at me about that all the time, but whatever anyway um the so so yeah so i show different cases that are like you know what caused this injury and people have to guess the reason that i say it's fun is because it's educational guesses and i like i like when people are like saying this looks like this and this is why it can't be this it's and and they're learning from stuff that i'm teaching them so i think that that's super cool um by the way before
0: you tell us hold on who who designed the uh the your logo for mother knows death that's up there who designed that it's brilliant well well done maria.
1: maria well done. That's it's really maria. good
0: it's really good oh uh,
3: it's such great yeah. branding great branding yeah
0: yeah the well, photography everything, about it. everything just goes yeah so everything well about it yeah
3: but not only that but it captures
0: as the way i know them it just captures them so well so we yeah, and yeah that's maria all maria. Came and She's visited. so good yeah, you, know, you Marie came and visited us in New York years ago. Do you remember that? Yeah. yeah. Susan, she's sitting over here. So yeah. okay. So so all right. So now and we're one gonna tell of you what the, is it But so. sometimes Go. I
1: throw in a curveball with like a fake special effects photo that they would use like on movie sets or something like that. So you have to determine and that one's even more fun because so many people think that ones that are real are fake and fake are real. So it's it's kind of fun. All Got right. it. We have three of these.
0: All right, and this is a and and give me the what what is oh, the this person's again? dead? Yeah, I get it, and and so you're and we're asking what is that uh, purple spot? Is yeah, that like, the question?
1: What? Yeah, like what caused this injury? What happened to this person?
0: And and is this? Can you give us a hint? Like, is this part of the cause of death? Yes. uh Oh. Uh. You know, I have a weird phobia about crush injuries to the leg. So I'm guessing. Uh, I'm just guessing because I'm looking at the the. I, this person is lying on their abdomen. I assume they're prone, and yeah. that left calf is a lot bigger. And so I'm going to guess there's like a crush injury with a compartment syndrome or something uh, on that side. Uh, I'm sure it's something more bizarre, but what what are you are you going to get in close here? I I feel like the the purple <laughs> thing is sort of a. I I feel like the purple thing might be a bit of a miss. Uh, Misdirection, yeah, but the but it could be crush. I'm thinking crush injury. Well, what do we got here? What's going on? All
1: right, so you're going to be shocked by this one. <laughs> okay, this, all right. This lady died from a massive pulmonary embolism.
0: The, I am shocked because the, if somebody somebody with that kind of asymmetric edema should be sent to an ultrasound immediately if they're seen by a doctor. Had she been seen by a doctor?
1: Oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what happened. Um, because but that's th- the
0: part that bugs me. Yes.
1: Yeah, so, so go she, ahead. Her, and her leg is... So she... Uh, for <laughs> those of you that don't know what this is, she had a huge blood clot in the veins of her leg that was traveling up into her heart and got lodged within her lungs. And that is what caused her to die. And you could see that... The leg has become swollen because if the blood, the veins bring the blood back to the heart and if it's not moving, then the blood's going to start backing up into the foot, which is why you see all of that congestion in the bottom of her foot and her leg is enlarged. And that, and as Dr. Drew was saying, if a person, including you, being alive, if one of your legs is significantly more swollen than the other, you should go to the hospital right away because you could have a serious issue yeah, going on there. That's
0: right. I I don't want everybody running in if they cuz when you have leg edema and you're older, it's typical that one leg will be a little more pronounced than the other. But if you have one leg that is not edematous and the other is swollen, you you that's a medical emergency. You go right now for an ultrasound. Um, and as Nicole is pointing out, the, the reason it's emergency is because the the big vein down the central of our center of our legs it can, kind of is one sort of continuous system, and that clot will move up past the knee. And we, if it gets there, you're in big trouble because large clots can then get to your lung, and then blood can't get across the lung, and it just stops on the right side of the heart. And that's the end of everything. You're, just, you're getting no blood to the rest of your body. Well, good times. What else you got for a, for a uh,
3: what is it, Wednesday? Well,
1: These are actually oh, one of my favorite autopsies. Wait, wait, really wait. Really I have, to, Caleb,
3: I have to mention Caleb this really something. quickly. Yeah. So if yeah. anyone has a uh, tri- tripophobia, I believe is how you pronounce it, tripophobia, this one might trigger you. Hold on a second. Well, tripe is stomach. Oh, so here we go. Maybe tripe is that is
1: that actually a thing?
3: Yeah, it's there's a certain know. certain patterns that trigger people, and I know someone who has this too, where it's certain patterns, Is especially it you? dots. No, no, it's definitely not me. <laughs> uh, and also, if it was me, I'd never admit <laughs> no, it because then I'd just get yeah. bombarded uh, Caleb, with. Caleb, don't forget, yeah. Caleb has a
0: religion after him. He's a, oh he's yeah, a yeah, guy yeah my Calebism, a religion yeah. in his garage. Yeah. but some
3: people, this really strongly <laughs> triggers them. There's certain type of plants or flowers that have these dots and these these, you know it's a certain way of doing it where someone looks at it and they just get a really icky feeling it throws like makes them feel really weird I think it's trichophobia. Okay. so i can't I can't tell what body
0: part that is, but that the saddle, sad, you know, saddle clots is what we were talking about with the pulmonary embolism those are that's what I was describing, so we're on to the next yeah, we're on to the next thing here it's so i'm I still can't even tell quite what body part that is, but I'm guessing that's like a burn, like a a waffle iron or something fell on somebody, uh, and yet the superior this that the superior those two or three dots in the midline at the top, the superior area, I I can't explain that. So uh, give me a little give me a little history here.
1: All right, so the photo that we're looking at right now is the chest, and what you're describing with wow. the little dots and the lines is a pattern abrasion. Which oh, a pattern abrasion occurs that when some foreign object is is hitting the skin and causing those yeah. marks. Yeah. So do you have any? First, I guess we should start with. Do you have any idea what could have caused that pattern?
0: I, I'm I, explain to me though. Right in the midline, the most superior three dots. That's actually the most con- confusing thing to me. Do you, do you see that right in the midline? Yeah, the we'll, superior?
1: We'll talk about that. Once I tell you what happened to this guy, okay. Oh Was boy, that, that is significant that you're, that you're okay.
0: That. <laughs> uh, trypophobia. Okay, we got it. Um. uh Wow. Uh. Maybe a tire. Tire goes over somebody's chest. How about that?
1: No, but the the tire marks aren't seen like that. They look like that. Uh,
0: yeah, then the next thing would be something like almost explosive coming across, you know what I mean? Uh, but tell us more. All right, yeah, this, so this is chest.
1: This is, this is kind of a crazy case, but this guy worked <laughs> and on like a machinery of a, an industrial sized washing machine and dryer. And Uh-oh. he got caught up in it and pulled in between the external and the internal drum of the washing Ugh. machine and the The worst part of this story is that his co-workers heard him screaming for a couple of minutes and were not able to pull him out of the machine. But what Uh-oh. happened was the machine basically squeezed his chest so much that he had something yeah. called traumatic asphyxia. So yeah. um, it compressed yeah. on him. So it just basically s- squeezed him to death. And that's so, what you're seeing at the top. That's what you were saying is... You could see that there's there's contusion up there. Yeah. More significant right across because this part that we're looking at now is kind of like his abdomen right below his his ribs or right at his ribs, you know. So that part was the worst part to get squeezed on, of course, over his heart.
0: So that's one of my fears, phobias. You, you've you've hit on couple of Getting stuck in an industrial phobias. size washing
1: machine. <laughs> it,
0: no, it's being, being, I, like when I was a kid once, I went like a cave, uh, cave, uh, exploring and I squeezed through a small hole and I got stuck. And you, that feeling of being unable to expo- ex- expand your lungs, people don't appreciate how awful that is. And somebody pulled me through at the last second, but you have to expire all the way to, to get all the way out. And that's a big risk when you're feeling like you can't breathe. And um, I was, I was, my dad split his mouth open when he was an older man and he was on Coumadin. And I was in the ER holding pressure on his mouth while uh, they were, I was in a, I was in a trauma unit. And a guy came in, uh, a car had fallen on him. He was under the car and it fell on his chest. And oh did ex- yeah exactly this, and I sat there listening to the code, you know the the trauma code, and the trauma surgeon put in like about nine chest tubes, and I was sitting there going, oh my god, why are they? This is not going anywhere clearly. And he'd been under the car for like eight minutes or something, and uh, and that guy pulled through. And that guy pulled through and I talked to the wow. surgeon afterwards and I said, God, I was I was listening to your code that went on for a, about a half an hour. And I was just thinking, why, why do it? How'd that turn out? He went, oh, I guy made it. And I was like, jeez, it really is hard to tell who's going to get through these things, right?
1: Yeah. And I can't imagine what your life is like after that. Like, how do you ever get over that?
0: I'm hoping that he was unconscious during most of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, you hope, but he, you don't know. Certainly, that's a good uh, recipe for PTSD. Okay, is there any more? What is it? Wednesday? Or are we all out of material? Just one more. All right. Oh yeah, we can't the, show the this. The viewers
1: one. can't see it because it's too yeah. gruesome.
0: Can can we see it at thegrossroom.com? dot com?
1: Yeah, totally.
0: Okay, I saw this picture. Uh, Caleb sent it to me, and it to me it either looked like the kind of thing that like a. Uh, A dog or a tiger would do, or like a (laughs) like like a real bad machine, like a machine that suddenly pulls everything, you know, gets sucked in quickly, and you pull back and everything gets sort of ungloved. So what do we got here? Yeah, so this is
1: like a like a degloving injury, which is when the basically the skin is and underlying soft tissue is ripped right off of the bone of this hand. And this is fake, actually. This is by a a special effects artist named Powder. Um, he has a really cool Instagram and he does all this stuff and, um, yeah, it's fake.
3: See, that that is about, I I was was so, I was so convinced that it was real that I was not, I don't even have the, the uncensored image to show here. I just censored (laughs) it. And this is the one that I blurred. And then she told me before the show, she's like, well, guess what? That's the special effects photo. Well, I will tell you what, I you could put
0: uh, the real thing and that special effect side by side and that you could not tell no way you could tell which one is the the uh special effect. That that is exactly what that is like. Yeah, looks and on like h- on his
1: life. Instagram these are these are blur- these are blurred on Instagram so that the algorithm and and their technology is picking it up as real.
0: Oh, interesting. That is interesting. Well, guys, uh, th- we have zoomed along here, and we've eaten up all our time together. Uh, I, I I could go on, you know, chatting for quite some time. Uh, Maria, I'm sorry that uh, your mom and I geeked out a little bit. Uh, we left you out of some of that conversation. I know, but but we don't we don't you know Nicole and I don't have a lot of time to to talk, and when we do, we're normally complaining. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> I have and so. too
2: much time with her, so it's always welcome. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm taking the heat off you a little bit, Uh, so I I will sort sort of finish with uh, Maria. What's coming up from your standpoint on the show, and what kind of promo? Oh, Susan's got something to say too. I feel like okay, Uh, what's coming up uh, that's interesting to you? Other than Nicole and I have said enough so far. What's coming up on the show for Maria?
2: Next week we are going to have uh somebody that specializes in forensic tattoos on, so that's going to be a really amazing episode. I'm really interested in that from a true crime perspective. Yeah, that's
1: Dr. Michelle Miranda.
2: Yeah,
1: she's mm-hmm.
2: amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's gonna be she's, such a good. She's episode. a forensic
1: tattoo specialist, so um, mm-hmm. we're really looking forward because we covered a news story a couple weeks ago about a woman that was identified after years of not knowing who she was by her tattoo. So it's pretty. Oh, it's interesting! Interesting stuff, yeah, yeah. And for there's sure. the book,
0: Nicole and Jamie's anatomy book. And have you guys ever brought in that guy that runs the um, decay farm in Kentucky? The you know the the field of decaying bodies and animals and things. So
1: we we actually can't. T- I think that he's older and retired now, and yeah, he's not doing he interviews. Older, but yeah. we we are hmm. interviewing someone from the body farm. In like a week or two, In like two weeks, In two weeks, yeah. So we're going to talk all about the body farm. So we'll have an episode about the body farm coming up.
2: That'll be really awesome. Today we dropped an episode with author of the League of Lady Poisoners, Lisa Perrin. She wrote this awesome, beautiful book about women that poison throughout history. So (laughs) that was definitely a cool interview. Yeah, that was super cool.
0: It, it's. I, I have a couple of reactions. One is, I was noticing when you were talking about the body farm, uh, Maria, I could see from a forensic standpoint, is interested, and Nicole is just generally delighted by the body farm, just
2: generally. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> so I have funny. so many questions. Yeah, yeah I'm geeking in, out about it in a way. Because I have a degree in photography and we studied Sally Mann who did this gorgeous book called All That Remains and that she did a photographic series at the body farm that's beautiful. So I'm excited oh, about it from that perspective.
0: <laughs> interesting. The, 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 the aesthetic of the body farm. That's interesting. And, and then I'm thinking of uh, de, uh, de' Medici in terms of famous poisoners. Did you go all the way back
2: that far? Oh, yeah. The book covers, it goes back really far to ancient Egypt with Cleopatra. It was awesome. Broken down by women who were sometimes escaping situations that were bad for them, like in Cleopatra's. She didn't want to be taken over. She would rather die. And then women escaping abusive marriages and then all the way to just Um, pure evil. So,
0: (laughs) And and Catherine de' Medici was sort of more in the trying to you know, deal with un- horrible situations, both politically and personally. I think, but what what did she use? Was she able to? Because I've heard all this controversy, like it really didn't happen, or here is her cabinet where she kept it all. Uh, what what did she what did she allege to have used?
2: I don't recall off of the top of my head what she used, mm. but I know a lot of them at the time were using a lot of herbal concoctions, and I don't think arsenic really came around till much later, which seems to be the primary mm. focus of the book. <laughs>
0: Oh, interesting.
1: <laughs> and and there's find, been so uh, many poisonings in the news like this year. So it was, it was great to talk to her about what it, cause the last case she covered was like 1950 and now oh, wow. it's like all of these new modern ones. And it it was just, it's cool. Cause it's still happening, you know,
0: uh, I don't want to say it's cool. A lot of gratitude for you guys up there showing up on our restream. Uh, let me give all the particulars again. Uh, hold on about where to find you guys. Because uh, the podcast has its own both Twitter and Instagram, correct? Yes. Okay. Mother let me, knows let me, death. Where you guys yeah. go? Yeah. It's at Mother Knows Death, right? For both Twitter mm-hmm. and Instagram. Uh, at Mrs. MRS underscore and Jemmy for the Instagram for all the lovely pictures. Uh, and then uh, Maria is at Maria Q Kane, K with a K A N E. And uh, again, the pod, you can get it uh, anywhere that you listen to the podcast, I assume, Apple, Spotify, or Nicole's YouTube channel, which is YouTube uh, slash MRS and Jemmy, and of course, thegrossroom.com. Guys, great to see you. Great
1: Thanks for having you.
0: us. Thank you. All right, take care. We'll hope to see you again soon. Take care. And Caleb, let's throw up just quickly, uh, tomorrow we have Ed Dowd coming in with... Uh, uh, Kelly Victory back on uh, at 3 o'clock. We'll be in our normal studio. Uh, and again, thanks to the V Shred guys uh, for uh, whoops, I always screw that up. I think it's on this side and it's there it is V Shred. Uh, and uh, and uh, I've got to have a little surgery on Thursday to try to help my shoulders along here. Salty Cracker coming in on December 12th. Uh, December 13th, Senator Rand Paul and Dr. Mary talley Bowden. who I'm interested in talking to both of them. And then Roseanne on the 10th of January, she just booked. I'm going to try to get onto her podcast between now and then as well. So uh, thank you all. Thank you to Colin and all the Shred people here who very kindly uh, hosted us here. Uh, Susan, anything from your standpoint? Everything cool? All right. Uh, Caleb, you good. Everything? uh, All good. uh, Vishred. All right. We will see you all tomorrow at three o'clock Pacific time. 273 You can find more of my recommended organizations and helpful resources at drdrew.com slash help.